Welcome back to your favorite podcast at the intersection of faith and fear, where every week we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us. This is the fear of dog, uh, the fear of God. Speaking to you right now is one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse, and typically with me is fellow co-host and good boy, Reed Lackey, and he was here, but it turns out he's taken up the trumpet recently and had a music practice he was running late from. So in the meantime, allow me to welcome you listeners back to the Fear of God podcast. Yes, that's right. And into our final series of the year, a collection of otherwise unconnected films we are calling Fogoweeners in honor of the Fogoween attendees who submitted them. Join Patreon and you too can attend Fogoween next year. Last week... We lost our heads with the film directed by Oz Perkins, the son of the horror cinema goat Anthony Perkins with the Black Coat's daughter. For this week's Fogoweener, we finally get the answer to that age-old question that has plagued pop culture fans for decades when we finally learn who, 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 who let the dogs out with the Hungarian film about a whole lot of good boys and girls. Yes, they are. White God. But before we check if the beef is fit for consumption, permit me to remind you listeners that here at the Fear of God, we explore 
We don't explain. Except for right now when I explain that you can find every fog and fear of God thing imaginable at thefearofgodpodcast.com. Things like how to support us on Patreon, as well as essays, team bios, episode archives, merchandise, read. Hey there, hey. Hey, buddy. Oh, hey, buddy. oh I know. I know. Give a little... <laughs> <laughs> Man, it, it is a test of my commitment how long i will endure the <laughs> sure the, the uh of all of it mm-hmm. but uh oh man this movie not yet may, uh, well i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i don't want to cut your exuberance <laughs> short please say what you're gonna say <laughs> <laughs> that's yes, all i'm gonna do every time this you movie. Me off, i'm just gonna whine um mm. It made me want a dog. Really bad. I don't We're have gonna a get dog. To that. So, um, <laughs> business time, Reed. Business time is <laughs> we episode three hundred. Here we go. Here we go. Are you ready? Here we go. People are gonna be terribly underwhelmed when you finally reveal. No. No, oh, it's well, then I won't do it right now. We've got a 300th <laughs> episode ahead of us, and it's going to be a party uh, like the Foggers have fun. never thrown before. It, it, will, be it will be fun. It will be fun. It's a party fun. with us. So we'll announce fun. it next week, apparently. Um, we won't announce it next week. We'll announce it in a couple of weeks. You either announce it now or it'll be in a couple of weeks. It'll, it'll either be now or in the week before it actually Now happens. or not now? Now or not now? <laughs> you just Say. knocked your mic over. You know, now. Yeah. I dropped that mic like it's hot. Uh, so it's time, y'all. It's time. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Episode 300, about three months ago, two months ago. I don't know. Time is a face on the water. I was like, read, read, read. He did. He said my name like three times. And then I, I conjured in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> it was wild. I've known you a long time. Didn't know that was the key. No, you could do that trick. Turns out you are Beetlejuice's nephew. Um <laughs> So, uh, about 12 years ago, we'll get into the details when we get there. Yeah, but, that's true. We will. So, you know, uh, two years ago, we started referencing how Reed wrote this really lovely and enigmatic and just sort of like <laughs> deep and rich take on the Jesus in the wilderness story. Oh, that, and yes. And <laughs> it became this movie called 40, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's right. uh, it's it's just like it's very it's very read. It's got like <laughs> it is very although read. you didn't direct it, but it still no. you know has narratively some horror trappings to mm-hmm. it. So it's like you'd watch it and you'd be like, Reed did this, didn't he? Well, directed by Doug Vale, but yes, I I received the right, right. Uh, yes. I receive it. Yes. yes, I'm not trying to. I'm sorry, not trying to take away from the creatives yeah. that weren't you, but you uh, uh, were the. Uh, uh, it is from your brain. It poured forth, uh, inspired from scripture. I get it. I get it. There's other influences. Read. I get it. Just be quiet. So <laughs> another movie you might watch one day and be like, this is read is a little gem that foggers. We're going to all do this together. I haven't seen it oh because oh Reed God. was so overtaken with the glory of this movie. He's like, Nathan, you can't handle it. So I put it off. Until the most perfect time, and y'all, the most perfect time is upon us, which is episode 300 of The Fear of God, wherein Reed's first purchased feature script got 
bop and just <laughs> wow 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 <laughs> oh my god i didn't know how that sentence was gonna end turns out, came out the other side it's about right <laughs> a movie called the victim starring oh one mr michael bean and it is time fear of god fans foggers the world over we are going to throw a party and we're going to talk about the victim finally finally oh finally it's going to happen uh next week wow. is fyi is a quarterly queen after that it, we're going to be our, our last fog wiener mm-hmm. right is the ritual yep. on correct. netflix yes followed correct. by you just another victim kid which is a hip hop song from the late nineties. And oh my uh, gosh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm, Everybody I'm listening right now, you. you're like, Oh snap. Nathan <laughs> just buried the lead. Quarterly Queens. What? <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, let's focus on that. Um, so all of Reed the, doesn't it, get it. And you don't get to talk about the victim right now. Okay. Your time's coming. Okay. We're going to have a special guest on that episode, which is the writer of the first, the, the bot draft rather. <laughs> I'm being dragged into this. I'm being yes, <laughs> yes. This, and uh, yes. I'm excited. Yes. We're gonna have some friends on. It's gonna be a grand old time. Hopefully, we're all still friends at the end of it. <laughs> we will be. Oh, um, God, but oh, episode... what little respect I have for pe- what little respect I have in the minds Wait. of people is about to go right oh, down oh. the toilet. <laughs> Sound like you're like what little respect I have for all of you. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 even no. less at the end. People, of it. people who think fondly of me, just, uh, just you wait. <laughs> no, just like forty, they're gonna be watching me. Like I get it. It's wow. This, is, this movie has read all over it <laughs> amongst other things. Oh my all God. Over it. No. Um, uh, speaking of Foggle Wieners. So, um, <laughs> indeed. indeed. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, who's the victim? Really? That's, uh, you know, that's, that's a question that, is, that has been asked. That's the often. existential yes. question. Yeah. 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 Yes, yes. So episode 300 is imminent. We're going to talk about the victim finally, fully lovingly. Can't it's just going it. to happen. Uh, by the way, hard pivot. If you're in the Charlotte or surrounding area, um, come see the birth in uh, December. Uh, thebirth.net. Mm. Thebirth.net. You can see myself. You can see uh, uh, Fogger Jackson Harper is going to be in the show, which is just exciting. So cool. You might see some other Foggers. Uh, I know there are a few interspersed in the attending audiences thus far. So come see the birth. It'd be wonderful awesome. to see you and hug your neck and um, that kind of thing. Those are my business times, Reed. Did you have any business? business? I didn't have any business, no. Mm-mm. Well, you know what? <laughs> it's time to chase the patron mobile. <laughs> Okay, well, we really, we really read, <clears throat> excuse me, we really should throw the audience a bone and uh, <laughs> talk about this movie. <laughs> and they are not going to stop. They are not going to stop. They have had some food crumbs from the table and they are begging for more. They are like, this is not, not going to stop. This entire, all, all of the canine puns are going to be oh man <laughs> okay so um you really listener should spend five dollars right now 
and join <laughs> Patreon for this month just to go listen to that patron segment. <laughs> oh, that is probably that was... the most extended laughter we've had in maybe ever. God, um, definitely so a top three. Oh um, man, that was that was funny. In the that spirit of dog puns, so today, listeners, we are talking about White God, the Hungarian language film that's we're going to talk about. But you, you're, yeah. you, you know, the dog puns are just pouring forth, and they're I gotta salivating. Share. I gotta. I'm gonna <clears throat> shout out Dave Courtney here because he set me up so well the other day when I oh. posted that I'd seen this movie. Did you see this? Oh, I don't think I did. Okay. Uh, so I posted that I saw the movie and Dave just said, love this movie. <laughs> and, and Poor guy didn't know what he was getting into. <laughs> he did not. He did not. <laughs> no. Oh, no. I said, I said, oh. <laughs> oh, no, you're not going to be able to get through it. You're not going to be able to get through it. This is going to be the next 30 minutes of you trying to laugh your way through your comment back to Dave Courtney. <laughs> I said, okay, here we go. I said, um. Dave, I love this movie. I just said, it's a feat. One might say four of them. I had to pause P-A-W-S more than once <laughs> to lap it all up. Okay. Nine times the pausing. <laughs> no. I will not be muzzled into hiding how doggone good this flick is. <laughs> what was his reaction to your comment? <laughs> he, did, oh, he did. He did the. The laugh emoji. That's okay, it. That was, okay, that was David's okay. response. I rendered him. I rendered him speechless. That was <laughs> and, uh, hysterical. Oh my god. Oh so my funny. goodness. Wow. <sighs> okay. Man. Man. Oh man. Oh man. So, had, did you know anything about it? I mean, Jackson Harper. We got to pour some love for Jackson, who's going to be featured in the birth in mm-hmm. this this holiday season in North Carolina. Um. Jackson is the one, and he he didn't just mention it on Fogaween, which is where the formal submission. Jackson has been trying to get us to talk about this movie for a while. He has wanted us. I'm sorry, to, I didn't listen earlier, Jackson. <laughs> so um, he has been heavily pitching that we that we cover this film. Um, so I'm going to start over with you. Like, um, so what did you know? What did you think? Uh, and then what was your experience uh, while and after watching the film? So mm. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, preempt you here and ask you okay. a question. We're going to oh. get back to that question. What is no. Reed? I don't know that I know the answer to this. I think I, I think I know an answer, I'm but nervous. I don't know if it's the answer. What okay. is your dog history? What is oh, your yeah, fam- yeah, yeah. family sort of growing up dog history like? Yeah. So I got my first dog when I was 13, which is a bit late for a boy to have a dog. But uh, the dog was a German Shepherd, a long haired German Shepherd. When we first got her, we wondered if she might be a mutt, maybe with like a German Shepherd collie mix because her hair was so long. Um, but we did discover that she was uh, all German Shepherd and her name was Dola. She was a wonderful, boisterous, energetic dog. Um, we loved, love, love, love. At that time, we had uh, a very large yard, about an acre's worth of of land in our little fenced-in area because the church where my dad was the pastor of at that time, this was the um, parsonage that was next to it, and so it was a huge, massive yard that she had to run around in. And um, she she just loved it. She was super smart. She figured out how to open the fence gate, so we had to figure that out. Um she loved, and I was, I've always been a rather 
um, small individual, just at different stages in my life. And when I was 13, that was certainly true as well. And uh, she loved to either grab the bottom of my foot or grab my shirt and like wrestle me down. And it was, it was playful. It was fun. Um, but she was a big enough dog. She was sizable that my 13 year old self, she could, if she got, she hadn't good been at, scratched by the bat yet. <laughs> no, 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 not yet. Um, so she could grab onto my foot and I could not gain my footing. Cause every time I would try to stand up, she would yank real hard and just pull me back down uh, to, from, from my feet. And so, but it was all again, all playful, all fun. She was super smart. She was a beautiful dog. When I moved to California, and when, well, actually, it wasn't even California when I moved away to college. And my parents um, had a, a new place where they couldn't really keep her because they didn't have a fenced in yard. We gave her to a family friend, and that's where she spent out the last four or five uh, years of her life. But, but yeah, that is the only dog I've ever had. Um, I got a shout out since we're talking about dogs. I got a shout out to my uh, father and mother in law's dog, Canelo. Uh, he is a Maltese Yorkie. And uh, he is a sweet little guy. He does not like to cuddle, though. He will cuddle a little bit. But like, if he's sitting in your lap and you go down to try to pet him, he will be like, no, no, no. I didn't invite any of that. I'm going to move. And he does will he get wrestle up you to the ground like Dola did? Uh, he's much smaller, and I'm much bigger now. So that would be <laughs> quite the feat for him to do so. Uh, but the, he's, he's not the only Maltese Yorkie in our life. There is also uh, our good friends have another Maltese Yorkie that they named Drake, and Drake does sometimes come and spend like a weekend with us. Drake is a cuddler. He loves to just like, he, he is a total lap dog and, and, uh, and a, a licker nonstop. But those are the, those are the prominent dogs in mm. my life and, and, and history. I know a bit about some of yours, but maybe not all of them. I know your adult ones more than I do uh, as a child. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, in fact, you know, jumping in the way back, machine here i know mm. dola because your aim instant messenger name was dola re and oh uh, that's right yeah, that is exactly right wow oh, boy that is Look that out. is going way back that is going way back yeah um, that's right aim instant messenger wow talking <laughs> about nostalgia last week with black goat's daughter there you go <laughs> no joke wow back in the day um so growing up we always had dogs and mm. um, that actually sounded combative. I didn't mean it to. It was more just like, no, yeah, no, I didn't receive constant. it as such. In fact, I, I presume at a certain point this was intentional, but more or less always had two dogs. Um, oh, okay. Youngest memory was, uh, or at least the one I'm pretty sure we had first with Casey. Casey was a mean dog. Um, I don't mm. remember much about Casey other than quote unquote mean dog. Um, mm. And then we had Bucky. Ah, uh, Bucky was a little sh shaggy thing, all relatively small dogs, uh, not as small as the ones you were describing just then, but these are all mutts. These are all just rescues. Mm. Um, so there was Casey, there was Bucky, there was Wembley who yes, was named wow. Fraggle from Fraggle rock. Oh, um, that delights me. Following Wembley was Murph who was named for Dale Murphy, the Atlanta Braves baseball player. Oh, um, that's off brand for you, but okay. It's my dad. It's not me. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't name the dogs, you know, <laughs> I, get it. I, get it. I get it. I get it. Um, and that would have been in an era when I would have been paying attention to baseball, um, sports ball, uh, mm. and can name Atlanta Braves players from circa, I don't know, 89, um, Murph beget, uh, Shelby named okay. for Shelby, North Carolina, where you and I adjacent went to garden web. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. Shelby, 
Uh, I was not around for this dog. Following Shelby was Josie. I was not around for Josie. My sister is seven years younger than me. So she was kind of the last of our siblings at home. Josie was kind of a her dog thing. Now flash forward to adult married life. Our first anniversary, my wife and I, uh, I gifted her the dog named Toby. Toby was named for the West Wing uh, character played by Richard Schiff. I met and, Toby several times. Toby's yeah, the first dog and, that I remember of yours. Yeah. And kind of forever cursed us because we often, it's kind of fortunate uh, we didn't ever have a boy because Toby would have been a name we'd wanted to use, but would feel bad because we named our dog Toby and it's like Indiana Jones. I guess you could have done it because of Indiana Jones. Um, hmm. Nonetheless. We named a dog um, Toby. Right. Doesn't, doesn't quite work there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we had Toby. Uh, we gave Toby away because after our second child was born, my wife basically said it's the dog or the child, you know, <laughs> wow. there, was just there it much. is. Yes. So we gifted Toby rehomed Toby with some good friends, Sarah and Alex who now live in the Atlanta area. We would follow the adventures of Toby for many years until he passed away a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, he passed away due to, I don't know, cancer or something. Um, again, mm-hmm. wasn't our dog at that point in time. Well, we never really told our kids about Toby's passing. So oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, longtime listeners might remember circa our coverage of the film Phantasm. Yes. Uh, that immediately followed the um, putting to sleep of Pippa. Pippa was uh, probably smaller than Dola, but similar. And she was a shepherd mix very clearly. So, um, yeah. and medium sized dog, 70, 75 pounds and just really sweet, sweet, sweet dog. And, uh, we got her when she was several years old. And so kind of fortunately was really blessed with Pippa because she was not high maintenance whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we often counted ourselves lucky in that regard. And so when Pippa passed away again, remember Toby had been rehomed. Toby yeah. had passed mm-hmm. away at this point. <laughs> Oh, kids don't know. So Pippa passes away. It's very emotional in our house. My oldest child at that point in time, uh, she's, she kind of emotionally, she was like, well, at least there's Toby. Oh, (laughs) oh no. (laughs) Yep. I'm picturing your face in that moment. Actually about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wrong there. You know, uh, sure, kid. Sure. Um, like, but we while did. you're already in the throes of anguish, let me just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me just get we it did all spill out. the beans there. Um, and then flash forward to March of 2021 okay. when we adopted the current pet, uh, named Rosie, named for, uh, the Rosebud Motel, the Rose family from Schitt's Creek. So that Aww. catches you up on my dog life. And so I'm predisposed to have some affection for these animals. And sure. Of course. So this long winded way to get back to your question of white God and familiarity and experience mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So you and I were trying, cause we had a number of Fogawiener submissions. We were trying to figure out how to choose. And yes. At least a guiding principle I try to operate under when we're making these uh, program choices is have I seen it or not? I'm generally going to defer to a thing I've not seen just to kind of have that experience. And what was the other one we were possibly going to do? Well, we were considering Lights Out, which was another okay, okay, right. fog of winter submission. Winter yeah, submission. We'll, we'll likely get so, to it in the next year, but yeah. Yes. And so you 
to my memory, you didn't play your hand, play your card too heavily on what you were sort of most interested in. Correct. And Correct. I think I had sort of said, ah, let's just, let's just do lights out. You know, I've heard of it. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was on the radar. Okay, cool. I, I don't want to think too hard about this. And ironically, and so I, I love that we're covering white God because not just because I really loved the movie spoiler alert, but also Halloween at Halloween. Just like, it feels like the year of the dog here at the the year of the dog. Yeah. 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 The year of the dog and the fog of the fog. Um, Mm -hmm. And so at Halloween at Halloween, we talked about how Michael Myers never met a dog. He didn't put down. It's really terrible and awful and and awful. Screw you, Michael Myers. Um, (laughs) Then you had Cujo, you know, who, who bless his heart sweet beast he was uh just just he needed to be put down well mm-hmm. so on a lark I, you i think i don't remember the exact sequence but i sort of said lights out okay fine let's just choose it I, I just don't have a ton of bandwidth to like overthink these things sure I, I the metric or i'm sorry the criteria of haven't seen it was met uh okay you know sure on a lark i just go watch the trailer for white god i'm like i, I don't even know what this is and yeah, sure. to your point, Jackson's probably paraded this in front of both of us uh, for some time now. It, mm-hmm. Things hit the radar and depending on how where I am when I'm reading the thing depends on how firmly it lands in the firmament. Sure. So I don't know anything about it. Go and watch this trailer. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> that let's watch. that. I don't even what. Yeah. What yeah. am I watching? Yeah. That's literally what little... you sent me. Yeah. Re- what? You li- Literally, you sent me. I just watched the trailer for White God. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. That's Is that easy? What you said. Is that easy? You just need to scratch my belly, Reed. That's really all I <laughs> require, you know? <laughs> paid for some awkward moments, but it really works. <laughs> hey, yeah. Whatever it takes, man. And um, and I am so just chuffed, heartened, thrilled, happy uh, <laughs> to be talking about White God. Um, I watched it the first time. Reed, I rewatched scenes today. Mm. I was like, I really just want to get back in the canine headspace. And now to to signal quite clearly, White God is not in any way traditional horror in the ways we might normally cover it. And that's kind of its charm. It's fun. But it's 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 kind of horror from dog POV um, in that regard sure. from a tonal sure. and narrative standpoint. Um, and especially so watched- in the. Yeah, go ahead. No, so you, 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 you have the floor. Well. Well, say what you're going to say. I was just going to say, well, especially in the last 30 minutes, I mean, there there's some sequences in the last 30 minutes that regardless of POV, sure. like, those are horror. Yes. Like, yes, like, it does ramp up. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, but you wouldn't immediately watch that trailer and think, a horror show is going to cover sure. this. Sure. Right, right, right. Understood. Yeah. Um, But I watch it and read just that opening scene. I'm like, oh, my God. What? <laughs> what? Am I watching? And why have I not seen it earlier? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I just, um, I will, the reason I gave you a lot of runway with black coats daughter last week, <laughs> it's cause I got, I, I don't care if you say a word this episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I'll just, no, I'll refresh I'm, my drink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm totally kidding. But, uh, so I, I don't know. I was just really smitten. Um, we'll get to its finer points, but, but in a nutshell, just kind of smitten, kind of bowled over. Um, you know, just, just lapped it all up. What, what about you? What was your <laughs> lapped it all up? That was great. Uh, ha- had you seen it? Yes. Yeah. 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 So I saw it. Um, I just typically assume when I ask that question, 
whatever it is, I, I'm going to get a yes. So <laughs> no, it's perfunctory, really. At this I've point. seen a, I've seen a, thousands and thousands of movies. Um, so but like when I watched a, it the first time, it's not a game, Reed. It's not a, it's not, com, it's not conflict. Let, no, no, no. Let I'm me rephrase. I'm an old lady. No, no, no. It's okay. Let me <laughs> let me rephrase. I've seen significantly more movies than you have, Nathan. That's like that's what I'm trying wow. to say. <laughs> that's, uh, wow. The, the stakes <laughs> just got raised. <laughs> like, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally if you kidding. give a dog a bone, damn. I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> Down, boy. <laughs> Down. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so <laughs> um, I, full transparency, full candor. So, there and this this still happens to this day i do often enjoy coming across like an independent sort of under the radar film that depending on how much bandwidth i have in my day today i'll be like ooh uh don't know much about that getting a little buzz somewhere especially uh foreign language films uh that sure. that if they make it over here they've had to attract a lot of attention in a lot of different sure. ways to make it over here so so when I saw White God, which was before the days of fear of God, I want to say it was like, you know, maybe seven, eight years ago, eight or nine. I don't remember exactly. But when I saw White God, it was on one of those like, oh, don't know much about this film. It's getting a little bit of uh, interest and acclaim uh, contemporary to its release. So I'll check it out. Full confession. When I saw it the first time, I was like, that was interesting. And that was about as much as I thought about it. Um I thought it was interesting. I thought it was, uh, you know, kind of different, but I wasn't on the wavelength to really appreciate what it was offering. So many times, I'll say this almost directly to Jackson, many times when Jackson would reference it, how I would receive it would be like, oh yeah, I remember liking that movie. And that was about as far as it would go in my brain, where it wasn't, it wasn't heavy in the attention attraction sort of headspace where I was just like, mm -hmm. yeah, I've seen that movie. Sure. I like revisiting movies cause you know, I, I enjoy that. Um, and so watching it through this time around, we've been doing fear of God for six years now. Um, different approach when it comes to, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit better in terms of the language that I have and the appreciation I have for film culture and for film history than just, you know, the casual audience participant, that doesn't mean I'm elite, just means I've learned a thing or two along the way. And so I was much more emboldened and excited about what this film was offering this time around. Um, and and I'm, I, I appreciated more what it was doing. I will say, maybe this was akin to something that you were kind of scratching at or indicating earlier uh, in, in the patron segment. I will say that the the sequences which struck the most horror in me revolved more in that last half hour. There was one really, and we'll get to that ain't right, but there's one really disturbing kind of concept in the middle of the movie that when I watched it, and honestly, when I watched many of the scenes with the dogs, it was difficult for me to get into the space to see them as threatening. Now, I'm not knocking the film for this, I just knew beforehand, like, not only were no dogs harmed in the filming of this film, hundreds of dogs were actively helped through the making of this movie. Maybe we'll get to sure. that in just a second. So there was a little bit of that undertone knowing I know what the story is delivering to me. I also know 
meta information that says like these dogs were actively bettered in their life situation by having been a part of this movie. So it was that that disconnect happened when I saw some of the more voracious scenes um, mm-hmm. that that the film delivers, which I think kind of undercuts some of the horror until you get to that last half hour. And some of those scenes really did a number on me. I'm like, yeah, this is this is really chilling. And I still like the thing I'm going to praise the most. There are a few shots in this movie that, honest to God, I'm like, I don't I don't know how that happened. I don't yeah. know how it happened. I like huge huge applause to the filmmakers for simply accomplishing that shot right there. Cause I don't know how you did it. Like there's some inventive shots that are easy to ascertain how you would obtain them. Um, but like, like there's a really artful shot of Hagen running when he first breaks free from like the, the dog fight underground thing. And he first breaks mm-hmm. free. It's a, it's a nighttime shot, beautiful shot, um, chilling in its way, but also kind of beautiful of Hagen just running full bore. Like he is just running, 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 running. And there's clearly like, a spotlight on him so it's darkness yeah. and shadow all around him but that just that great image a sustained momentum mm-hmm. image because you're you, the camera is pulling ahead of him as he's running full bore behind it shots like that are outstanding and the film has many many of them and then there are other shots which we won't talk about what is in the final image yet cuz we'll get to it but shots like the very final image of the film where i literally I'm, my jaws on the floor i'm like i don't know how you did that it's i don't know how you how you incredible. did that with that many well-trained dogs, knowing that the vast majority of the dogs on screen, and when I say vast majority, I mean like 97 or 98% of those dogs are rescues, untrained rescues, and you still got that shot, I, I, but I, I'm not worthy. Like, I'm doing the bow down gesture. Like, that's amazing. It's amazing. Well, in, in the realm of trivial bits, just reading, some, reading up on this, the the chatter was hey you're not going to be able to make this movie unless you use cgi and they had a trainer it's a woman i don't remember her name i didn't write it down but she basically was encouraging the director who also is hungarian and and has a name i'm not going to attempt to pronounce for out of respect um although maybe i'll just show disrespect there regardless um who basically encouraged him like you we can do this we can do this and she trained these 200 street dogs you know in yeah. all these shots um Man. let's do this because I, I i got a lot i want to say about this movie but uh sure, sure. cool with that ain't right yeah let's do it it's time for the part of the show where we talk about things that aren't just wrong but of which might be said that ain't right Sure as hell ain't right. Um, I might cuss some in this conversation, Reed. And oh, I get it. I get it. My first one. There's actually a number of that ain't rights in this movie. Plenty. But the one that probably struck the hardest chord with me, the, the, the soonest, was when the dad drags, I called him Hagen, you said Hagen, whatever. Out I think the, the Hungarian street. pronunciation is 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 Hagen, yeah. Like you would know, uh, drags wow. Hagen Dawes out into the street and leaves him. This fucking guy, Reed. I was like, <laughs> oh no, oh you did God. not. 
do this. Oh, like man. that was visceral. It's a very first visceral. one on my that ain't right list. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And here is what this film knows it has. Like, this is not a that ain't right, but it ties into the point I'm trying to make with that scene. Mm-hmm. Do, do you notice when uh, probably, probably about a third of the way, Hagen, 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 uh, Hagen, Hagen Doss uh, has been, they are separated, him and Lily. Right. And right. there's a torture scene. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. And it's off screen. Mm-hmm. And I said, you are damn right. This is off yeah. screen. This is how you yeah. know they know. Like there are there are lines yeah. you just can't cross. No, absolutely. Michael Myers, absolutely. Michael Myers can't kill a baby, and you cannot show a dog being tortured on screen. Like no, uh-uh. your audience it. will turn on you so fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and so the 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 that visceral feeling when Dad uh, uh, banishes this dog, which I'm, I'm going to tie it in here, uh, uh, tether it to a, a scene adjacent to it, which is. Uh, Hagen Hagen trying to cross the street. It's terrifying. That it is, is terrifying. Such a, that's such a heartbreaking scene. Yeah. So I'm gonna shut up. Those two kind of lead the pack for me. Uh, what is what is one for you? Lead the pack. I see what you did there. Or, um, or two for you. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you you did, and and this this is not critical of it. Like you 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 did take a couple of those scenes. So everything you cited is on my that ain't right list. One thing that I will say because oh lord. I, I will. I'll mention. I'll mention two of them in quick succession. Both of them, and and both of them are that ain't rights because of the narrative they are in. The mm-hmm. scene themselves, and honest to honest to God, I say this in full sincerity. Thank God, not being exaggerative to say, like thank God, I registered that what was happening narratively was not happening in the real, or it probably would have been too upsetting for me to see it. Um, the first thing I'm going to cite is the actual dogfight scene. Oh, it's and, terrible. And so it's awful because you hear, you see the dogs going at each other and you hear the growling. Now, the growling, I did, I, I'm prone recently to not doing any research on this. I did happen to do a little bit of like just IMDb trivia browsing for this one and found out that that dog growling was actually done by human voice actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and, one of the things that I know, and I only know this because of its recency, within the last year, we have some dear friends who have like three dogs, and in one particular get-together, we had two of the dogs got into a real fight, a legit fight, mm-hmm. such that like everybody's alarmed, suddenly they go, they had to pull them away from each other, all, you know, all that kind of thing. It was, it was, it was a jarring and very kind of upsetting moment two of the dogs got into a very real fight uh which is very rare for them but but it happened um and i have seen those dogs play together and i have seen dogs you know that one one observation of those dogs like really getting into an actual fight thankfully the dog fight scene as 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 ain't right as it is narratively it was easy for me to see like oh those those dogs are kind of playing with each other like in the real right. they're kind of playing with each other narratively and i'm really making this 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 distinction here because there might be and maybe this is part of my impulse there might be some people who if they think this is what they're going to see might be prone to not watch this movie and spoiler alert i'm going to be recommending that people watch this movie pretty heavily um but i don't want people to be turned off like i don't like seeing animal cruelty i get it like 
I, I completely get it. That scene is meant to be upsetting for what is happening in the narrative. It is absolutely meant to be upsetting. If you're familiar with dogs interacting with each other, it is easy to tell that what they are actually doing in the real is playing with one another. But they've added sound effects and they've added music effects to make it seem as if what they're right. doing is 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 killing each other. And so that's why that ain't right. Um, the other scene that honestly, of any scene in this movie, I can't shake it. I, I if there's anything I'm gonna, you done me dirty, movie. You done me dirty, white god. It's mm-hmm. that. Sweet, precious little white oh god dog getting shot to death by the human mm-hmm. being, the dog, uh, the the dog catcher for shorthand, yeah. yeah. But him shooting that sweet little dog who ain't never hurt nobody. When when the dogs were uprising, he was just cowering away, like I don't know what's going on. And then like you know, like that dog getting taken out. Like I said, the only saving grace I have. For not like saying, oh, turn this movie off. This is nonsense. Is it's also very clear that even though they clearly spackled like some red paint on him or some red something on him, he's rolling over for a belly rub. <laughs> That's what oh, he's yeah. doing. Yeah. That's what he's doing in the scene. He's rolling over for a belly rub. But narratively, again, yes, tremendously upset. And and it was it was it was the closest I came to being like that's that's too much. Like don't don't kill that dog. I, I can't I can't handle it. But again, I say this in the middle of that ain't right hopefully for the last time, any any listener who hears this and is like, I don't know if I can watch this movie. I think the story is important and the movie is so wonderfully made that it is, it, it, I vigorously recommend it. If you are sensitive to dogs in peril on screen, just know two facts. Number one, dogs were not only not harmed in the making of this, but maybe we can get into it. They were like hundreds, a couple hundred dogs from rescues found loving homes after right. this film was completed. So many dogs were helped by being a part of this. On top of that, if you're savvy to dog behavior, it is a little bit clear that what's happening narratively is not what was happening in the filming of it, which does ease the disturbing element of it sure. uh, quite a bit. So, so, but yeah, yeah still, the, I, I would yeah. say there's, you know, the, the, the dog fight in the middle, partly, I am totally with you and, and, and it's, you know, um, it is evident that what is happening is not literal dog fighting, but, sure. but it is so, we are so, uh, keyed up by that kind oh, of phenomena that it's, man. it's very, cause I've actually pondered showing this to, uh, at minimum my wife and possibly my big kids and, and sure. Like, sure. I, I know mentally I would need to prep them. Like there's going to be a scene in the middle. It'll mm-hmm. be a little heavy. They're okay. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's yeah. not yeah. real actively. Yeah. Um, but it, it is, it is a, a heavily off putting scene. Um, let's see. Are there anyone, any others I just want to highlight here? I mean, the meat processing at the beginning is repulsive. Um, yeah, it's really gross. I mean, it kind of ain't right that they're charging for the existence of dogs. Like, it kind of ain't right. And that landlord lady who's like, oh, I'm going to turn you into the police because it straight up lies. That there was a, there was a bunch of that. Her. Yeah. There was a bunch of that. A bunch nonsense. of folks lying about getting bit. I'm like, they get deserve to get got. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know what? These I dogs, clap. they are yeah. all bark. They are no bite. No. I see what That has did. been the part of the show where we discuss things that aren't just wrong, but of which might be said, that ain't bite. 
sure as hell ain't right. No. <laughs> no. That ain't bite. This you are proud of yourself. This is you were you were just cataloging. You've been last couple of days you've been like, oh I'm gonna I want to use that one. That was that in was the moment. I did not plan that one. Oh, it's mm-hmm. just feel proud. That was good. That was. Good I one. am. Um, so this movie, uh, I've I've actively recommended this movie a couple times to people, and so at least in brief mm. summary, largely it's a movie of restoration. It's a movie of this kid and her dog, thirteen mm. year old girl Lily and or Lily. I don't. I can't remember exactly how they pronounce it in the film, but um, and her dog Hagen Hagen Hugen. Uh, they <laughs> get separated, and it's about kind of a journey. <laughs> It's a Hagen Hagen Hugen. Show me another one. Hagen Hagen Hugen. Hagen. Hagen Hagen Hugen. Hagen No. It's a movie about Lily and Hugen. Um. Um, oh you know, <laughs> <laughs> that, that might have done me in for a few minutes. That was funny. Good, good. <laughs> um, if you make me laugh, I know I can make you like me because read when I laugh, I can be a lot of fun. I you love like Rich that? Mullins. I do. I know like you that. do. Um, so Lily and Hagen get separated. Um, it's about their, their, it's about her attempt to find him. Yes. And I've actually termed it when I recommend it. It's almost like this reverse force gum, this poor, creature keeps getting put through these little mini adventures that all worsen him and degrade him and tear right. him down right. versus the right, force right, gump, right. which is just kind of enriching kind of thing. But, um, and ultimately spoiler alert, uh, spoiler alert, their restoration at the end through this just, 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 just incredible scene. And it's amazing. I want Reed to, uh, so, so to embellish that summary a tiny bit, uh, Lily is a trumpet player, seemingly rather accomplished trumpet player, part of this, you know, kind of uh, uh, orchestral um, group that they're they're practicing and she, there's a performance afoot. And uh, when she's with her dad, uh, the dad bef- bef- before Hagen gets banished, the dad uh, silos the dog to the bathroom because the dad does not like the dog being in his apartment. Um, yeah. And she plays the trumpet for Hagen, which calms his spirit. And so I knew in that yeah. scene, this is how we're going to resolve this movie. So yes, I did key in on that. Um, mm. And so the, the events of the film unfolds, this pack of dogs released by Hagen from the shelter. They're all being uh, housed at run amok through the city streets. I mean, uh, to, as Reed alluded, a couple of horrifying scenes, basically Hagen exacts vengeance on a, a trio ish uh, or so of characters who have mistreated him through the film. Yeah. And it all culminates in him leading this pack of 200 dogs. I mean, like in any trivial bit you read about this movie, they reference 190s close to 200 dogs. So it is a lot of animals. I actually um, thought it was more. I thought it was more like, like 260, 270, but I could be wrong about that. But that was the number that I had stuck uh, in my head. Maybe a maybe, lot of dogs, um, a lot of dogs. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot. Um, if you go look at IMDb, this is the poster art. And and I yes. almost hate that it's the poster art just because mm-hmm. it, it telegraphs a bit. But it is such an incredibly arresting image that it makes sense. And so when you capture that ends, scene, you show it everywhere. That's true. That's true. That's fair. 
Um, you referenced this in our patron segment. Uh, the dad comes out at the end because Lily has been confronted yeah. by all these dogs. There's concern for her well-being. He comes out with effectively a flamethrower yeah, and is sort of threatening to use it. She kind of stops him, pulls out her trumpet and starts playing. She's tearing up. I'm going to start tearing up these hundreds of dogs just all kind of in progression start lying down mm. at, at, at mm. the sound of the trumpet mm. and but but the movie actually doesn't end there uh right. right that that would almost be too quaint mm. what she then does after all these dogs have calmed and are lying down in a posture of submission a posture of calmness tears in her eyes sets her trumpet aside and lies down on her belly facing them yeah mm. then the final button is the father who has been an antagonist uh, though ad admittedly an attempted protector once he sort of wises yeah. up and we come to like him uh protector of lily um comes out having set his weapon aside and and joins her on his belly facing these dogs and the final image is that poster art that just hangs like it's yeah. probably a 15 20 second maybe longer uh um, yes. sort of image there and i didn't want to spend a ton of time summarizing it but a lot of that stuff matters for read one two three four five six seven notes on thematic stuff and wow uh all kind of not utterly overlapping I'll start it this way and then ideally get to some of them. There is an over the Rhine song over the Rhine is probably one of my favorite musical groups, uh, have loved their work for since around 2001. So for quite a while now, yeah. And they have an album, the title of which is also a song and the mm. album and song are called the trumpet child mm. and i've listened to this song a number of times since watching the film and oh. i would encourage anyone to go listen to it it's really 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 quite beautiful um and effectively this they they sort of uh, you don't have to read too far between the lines they're kind of naming this trumpet child it's it's a jesus figure that that uses its creative creative powers to mm. bring peace yeah but the final line of it is his final aim to fill with joy the earth that man all but destroyed mm. and read i had this my buddy steven i reference him sometimes steven scaregrove uh his fog name Hairgrove, his real name he was over recently and and i i Steven's a very smart fellow. He's a, a teacher, one of the best there is. And um, we talk a lot of politics in the world. And he's he's entered kind of this Zen moment for himself in a really lovely way. But we get a little heavy hearted sometimes in our conversations at just the state of these things. And this, ex I want to throw this in more as as backdrop, not necessarily as as main point. And in talking through with a dear one, the plagues of our world, speaking 
to myself, but asking him, I said, do you listen to music anymore? Hmm. And it's so wild to watch a film like this about oppressed and put upon creatures who, who at a point only know retaliation mm. uh, and, and see that it is the music of a child's instrument that calms it all. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think at some point I want you to talk. Um, but <laughs> I, I kind of also want to flurry some of these out just because they're on my heart. We're never going to talk about this movie again. And there's a have the freedom. stuff here. Yeah. Yeah. Have the freedom. A, a, a sort of question that's not meant for you to answer yet is how do we make space for the least of these? Because as, as turned off as I was and as, I'll throw it in the bucket of that ain't right as it is the scene when the dad does the, uh, the, the sort of meat packing exercise at the front end of the film mm-hmm. kind of like uh, I'm uh, for better or worse. I'll use this reference a lot cause it is so easy. Kind of like an enemy when we see Helen sitting on the bed at the beginning of the movie, but it's out of context. Like, Something like that means something to to me. And, and so what I started interrogating is what is going on here and what do you remember what he labels? I actually think I telegraphed it. So, you know, maybe you've had it, got it at the ready, but do you remember what his assessment is after this process of determining the validity of this meat? Uh, I don't know. It actually doesn't stand out to me. The the label, he puts some sort of sticker, some sort of branding on it. And it says, he says, fit for consumption. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember now. Yeah. And I think something this movie kind of does for me and, and because remember, Reed, this movie isn't just about dogs as its protagonists. Right. Of course. Even inside of this social uh, expression of canines in a, culture even in that there is a hierarchy mm-hmm. so so you aren't just finding you aren't just at uh you, you haven't just descended past the human level into lower species you are now on the bottom rung of a lower species mm-hmm. who are your protagonists who are the put upon and what I wrote is we do so love to dominate and wield authority. And so what this movie kind of puts in my mind, and I'll, I actually think I'm aim, angling towards a, a landing place with some of this is, is the value we place on each other. Mm. Um, is it production? Is it consumption or is it just being? And mm. you actually invoked this on your your what's the sequel in the Patreon segment, patron segment. The last two lines of dialogue are uh, a, a lab assistant or some version of, you know, not law enforcement, but colleague right. of the mm-hmm. dads emerges, sees the dad standing there with this flamethrower, sees these dogs all prostrate, uh, sees Lily. I think at that point might be on the ground. She is. Yeah. 
And the colleague says, should I call the police? Hmm. And the dad, there's a pause and the dad says, give them a little more time. Hmm. And what I, it might be overreading, and I'm okay with that because of how much I found a love here. It's, it's authority in space, authority versus space, authority versus breath. It is, should we exercise authority over these things? No. Give them more time. Like this is, I can't get away from the loveliness of the challenge. You know, the movie starts with a, the carcass of an animal. Yeah. Being rent, being rent and declared fit to consume by humans. Right. So the whole rest of the movie is a metaphor for that image. Mm-hmm. Destroying that which is less than. I mean, read. I actually thought this is where you were heading in your That Ain't Rights is the scene when Hagen in the, sh- in the kennel has been cordoned to the lowest rung of the space right, and is through right. a crack in a door observing the euthan- euthanizing of oh it's of terrible one of one of his fellows um, yeah it's terrible and um yeah I, I i don't have a lot of conclusions i have a lot of just feelings and thoughts about value because it's uh <laughs> they're not our dogs anymore man Mm. we don't own it mm-hmm. we don't own it yeah we don't get to dominate there is a responsibility that is required to live at peace and and i don't know i don't know i'm sorry i didn't mean to you don't have no you don't dominate have quite so much uh these are just all the things that hit me watching this movie um even Lily is is this this whole notion of authority and structure and domination and uh, abuse of power, right? Even she herself, by the music teacher, by the father, like it it all rolls downhill mm-hmm. and all lands on these poor creatures. Anyway, what are, what are some thoughts you have, Reed? I have Man. run um, off of the mouth a bit. They don't have well, to be in response to mine. They can be purely independent of. No, I hear you. Um, I think there's a surface metaphor in this film that I want to, uh, the, the phrasing I'm going to use is that I want to get out of the way, but that is not intending to be as dismissive as the language was. I just want to, to acknowledge it as, as I think it is a chief and primary metaphor for the film. And it is something that you invoked uh, as well, which is like, eventually the abused and the oppressed and the put upon will n- will no longer tolerate it and will and will rise up and and there there is a a very clear through line in it that like i mean because it is worth noting that the film though about dogs and though about the oppression of dogs finally having had enough the film is called white god so it's very clear that there is um uh something more than just animal and human interaction going on. 
Um, and so, so, so again, I'm, I'm, I'm not wanting to acknowledge that because, and, and, and then move on from it because I, out of any sort of dismissive spirit, but something stood out to me, particularly in that final scene. This is what translated to me. This is what, this is what I resonated with. Hagen's seeing of Lily is not enough to dispel his rage. It is not enough to, to, get him to stop the growls and the threats because what happens in the last 30 minutes of this movie is, as you've already cited, these dogs led by Hagen go on this rampage, violently killing the people who previously in the earlier in the movie did them active harm. Some of them, the threat of harm uh, as in the butcher, some of them, uh, a subtler form of harm, as in the landlady, uh, like a sort of a passive-aggressive form of harm, like wanting to get him taken away because she lied and said he bit her. And then others, like the dogfight owner, uh, actively torturing mm-hmm. this dog. Uh, all of them, uh, all, all of those oppressors see their comeuppance in the film. Um, but then when he sees Lily again, his first reaction is not, oh, Lily's safe. Mm-hmm. Lily's, you know, his first reaction is further growling. Not and, recognition, yeah. Yeah, summoning the troops after her, uh, and the dogs all chase after her. When she begins to play that trumpet, this is what stood out to me. When she begins to play that trumpet, first of all, I have to acknowledge the shot. Holy cow, the shot. There is one image. It is in profile. Lily on the far right of the screen the army of dogs on the far left of the screen and a little bit more center ahead of the pack of dogs is Hagen in Mm. spotlight right in Mm. front of her. Powerful shot, powerful image, wonderful, wonderful visualization of what's happening there. And then Lily, she takes out her trumpet and she begins to play, but she's very emotional and she's crying and she's playing. This is how I read the scene. This is how I received the scene. She's playing because why did she play that song before? This is, he's whining the, earlier in the movie. He's whining because he doesn't like to be alone. And he doesn't like to be cordoned off. And he doesn't like to be segmented off. And he doesn't like to be alone. And so she goes in and she plays that so that he can finally get some rest. Hmm. He can finally lay down and he can finally get some rest. And she begins playing that song and something you didn't cite, but I don't think you omitted it out of any sort of intention. Before he lays down, Nathan, what does he do? He wails. Hagen mm, wails. Yeah, he yeah. howls. When he hears the song, he begins to howl. And to me... And it's a little, it's a little pained. Yes. I'm, I'm getting a bit emotional because what I hear in his, in his howl there, narratively, mm. what I hear is, oh my God, I'm hurting so bad. I have wanted so bad... I hear a longing for rest. I hear a longing for, I don't mm. want to be alone. I don't want to be alone in this. And, I, and, and here is this song that in earlier days signaled to me, I am not alone. I, I can lay down. I can rest. And so right. while so much of the moment kind of on the surface translated, rightly so, as reconciliation and, you know, like you know, this, this is a coming together. What's sung out to me so much this time around. And I only loosely remembered 
how the the I remember the final image because that final image is super hard to forget, but I didn't remember all the sequencing and 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 hadn't been on the wavelength my first time viewing as I was this time around. But it just sung out to me that when he lays down, it is not so much I didn't read it as so much as like, okay, you know, we're 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 together, you know, like we're we're sure. at peace now. It was just I can rest. I can rest. There's a, a song that I love. It's not a terribly popular one in his catalog, but there's a song I love by Paul Simon called Quiet. And it just opens. Uh, I don't have the lyrics pulled up in front of me because I wasn't expecting to cite it, but it said, I'm heading for a time of quiet. Um, and, uh, and, and he says where I can lay down on, I don't remember the prefix, but he says where I can lay down on my blanket and unclench my fists at last. And I just love the imagery of I can lay down on my blanket and unclench my fist. And that that song came back into my mind when I'm visualizing what's happening to Hagen as he hears this song and says, oh, I can I can stop baring my teeth in human language. I can unclench my fist. I can I can lay down. I can rest so much pain, so much dragging from this place to that place, pitting mm-hmm. me against others of my kind pitting me against myself threatening to take me out threatening that that like oh no good for anybody anymore and casting down finally i have found a space where i can lay down and rest and then when he does that the other dogs i don't think the other dogs are doing so because they follow hogan i think they feel the same spirit sure oh we can we can stop we can rest we can just sit down and rest and why and and what solidifies that to me are two things both of which you mentioned then she does the same thing she lays down and she rests because she has I mean, the dogs are are the selling point of the movie but she has been going through her own vision of turmoil the first time we see her she is being deposited to her dad with whom she clearly does not have a vibrant relationship she's being deposited with her dad and then when her dad does away with Hagen, she goes through a cycle of rebellion. She's mm-hmm. she's drinking and she's she's acting out and she's running away and and uh you know so there's all these different things that she's going through her own turmoil. So then she delivers to the dogs, you can rest, you can rest. And the song leads them there, but you can rest, you can lay down. And then she says, I'll lay down too. Mm-hmm. I can I can rest now too. Mm-hmm. I can rest. And so then when the the second thing that I'll mention is the same thing you invoked. So when he says, give them some more time, like that's what stood out to me is just like, let, let them rest, like just let them rest. And then he goes and he joins them, lays down. And it is a submissive pose. I'm not trying to dismiss the other surface metaphors that are there. Um, But that's what stood out to me so much about the serenity of that scene of these animals and people who have been in so much turmoil for the entire time we've seen them, they find their place of rest, their serenity of just, this is a place where we can rest together. And that is what stood out to me so much about the loveliness of that final scene, because then what is happening is they have laid down to rest and it, it carries over through the credits. Um, it is the dawn is breaking. It was nighttime when she began playing the song fully nighttime. But then when we leave them, the dawn is breaking. It is a new morning. The dawn is rising up and we hear the birds singing. 
Mm-hmm. And that's and that's the sound we're even left with. The the birds singing is the sound we're left with as the credits roll. And it is this this sense of what was in turmoil and what was in profound pain has found a place of rest. And and it moved me tremendously to to think of that in the context in which, and this is as much sociopolitical metaphor as I think I will, is through the universal language of song, through active intention, through whatever meager efforts we may feel, it is our point, like what good and righteous and holy work it is to make a place of rest. You know, our good shepherd, as the text of the scripture says, makes us lie down in green pastures, like to, to prepare a place of rest for those who are weary and put upon and have been just under the thumb for so long, like what good and holy work it is to, to actively reach out or extend some, some version of effort to, to provide a place of rest. Like you can unclench your fist here in this moment, in this space, in this time, you can unclench your fist for a moment. And, and, I just feel so much this longing, like, it's silly, perhaps, perhaps it's silly. But I was, I don't think I have been with a character in a recent film we've watched as much as I was with Hagen when he wailed at the sound of that trumpet. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have ever been more with a character in a in a film we've watched and i know hoggins a dog but i was with him i was like yes oh my god like he's a, he's a wailing dog but it, the resonance in my imagination is like my god like a like a a cry up to the heavens of how i have longed yeah. to hear this song how you i don't have longed to, you don't have to like i know he's just a dog i mean yeah yeah the, that imagery is used as metaphor the, the put upon yes. the oppressed the 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 run over the bullied the put down the the stomped on you know yes it is there is rest comfort peace to be found yeah um and the wailing of his spirit crying out for that before he stops wailing and and receives the permission to lay down and to just he's not commanded to lay down and that's important mm-mm. none of these dogs are commanded they feel the freedom to lay down and to and to rest and 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 the wail that he delivers beforehand. It's just yeah, it's just it was really affecting for me. That final moment was profoundly affecting to me for those reasons and 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 several others. But yeah, that's that's a big thing. I tell I mean it. Um, yeah, it just kind of breaks your heart, worms. <laughs> 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 you know what you're you're the, what what you've said can't be fixed like it's just it's just it's just, it's just, it's just can't it just can't be it just can't be <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing. 
I kind of said can't be fixed. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm inviting in this moment, not commanding, not insisting, not even declaring. I'm inviting a moment. We're going to go to the fog meter probably in mere minutes. Um, but I'm inviting for it, for you and for me and for anybody just that that feeling that moment of just like the 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 outcry the wail the whatever it is of just like I need and want to rest and if for nothing else than just to pause and to and to ponder for a moment that there is rest that can be found like there is there is a place to rest and that there is a way in which we can find that space to just lay down our our head and 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 many many people many of us you know i said last week how just like you know life can be a cyclone of stress and pressure and everything and just what a a precious thing it is to just find a place to lay down your head for a moment and uh, and that is that is a meditation that is that is refreshing to to sit with for a minute. So I'm just kind of inviting that that be, you know, one of the things that we sort of close things off. But I don't want to be prescriptive if you have more you want to say. I mean, I was thinking while you were talking of how the picture you're painting and the it's almost like the movie itself is that whale, right? Like mm-hmm. like it is a meditation. It mm-hmm. is a call to calm it is a permission to calm yeah yeah because mm-hmm. i think uh, despite my ramblings 20 minutes ago uh i think just the most powerful sort of takeaway for me was just was just what do we value like how do we how do how does the way we are currently operating signal value that maybe we wouldn't articulate as what we value meaning oh i'm a dog person oh i love x i love y well by no means this is meant as an indicting query but it's like well how do you live that how do you live that how do you Mm. live into that like man i wish i could remember what the example was but some conversation my wife wife and I had recently of like, I'm tired of feeling like I am not living into the things I think I would say I value most. And Mm, wow, you know, uh, and, and it wasn't a, you know, it's not meant to be a depressive statement. It's just meant to be a like, damn it. I hate, yeah. I hate the, the churn. I hate the churn mm. of 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 the grind and and I hate feeling ground up. I, I I want to with my life, with my voice, with my resources manifest into the world that calm, that peace, that that sigh. Yeah.
It's good. It's lovely. It's really lovely. Do you, should we do the fog meter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I like it. Uh, I I want to pivot to the fog meter. I will cite, the, I'll, I'll tie off my thoughts with just that invitation from the Lord of just, I love the poetry of the old language. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, heavy laden, burdened upon, and I will give you rest. Um, yeah, let's, let's do the fog meter, um, for white God, uh, which I feel bad, Reed. I feel bad. I really, your intention was to this movie be basically our last breath before the victim. And I totally screwed that up because this is a no, really okay. good, this is a really good, uh, I texted listener the, uh, to read the other night. I was like, man, white God. And Reed was like, I'm sorry. Um, I thought we were covering the ritual <laughs> for this pocket of episodes. Like, oh man, I'm really glad I texted you this because <laughs> I would have really sucked to show up and have the wrong movie. Uh, it's no, it's well, it's fun. It's funny though because, like, you know, lis- listeners wouldn't have known, and it's it it it, it it's fine, sure. you know, because you know any opportunity to cover the film because the you know the conversation will will sit and it will be here and and will be a perpetual invitation to ponder the beauty of the permission to rest. And I love that in whatever, in whatever fashion. Can you believe Reed? It's been a year since we did. It's a wonderful life. It's been a year. That's wild to me. That's utterly wild. I can't believe that. No, I can't believe it. Um, okay. We'll quit reminiscing. Uh, all right. The fog meter. So what fog is the fog meter, meter read? It's a very specific metric of fear and dog God. Mm-hmm. What's the dog meter? Um, of deer and God. Yeah, we to, uh, the fog meter is our very specific metric where we measure the the scares and the substance um, of the films, the media that we cover. So, fear for white god. Um, I'll go first. It's hard narratively to ignore the visceral nature of what's on screen. I am relieved, and I say this. Very, very sincerely, I am relieved to know that the experience for these animals was notably more pleasant than the narrative experience of these animals. That undercuts a little bit of the visceral nature of it, but it's still pretty harrowing uh, in most places and, and, and very upsetting, particularly just if you're in the thick of the narrative that you're watching. Uh, so to that end, I'm going to give this an eight on uh, the fear meter. What would you say for it yeah i would have actually was prepping an eight um i think that uh the harrowing nature of hagen's journey some of the stuff that's on screen i'm with you i think um i don't even know that i i knew going in hey a bunch of dogs got rehomed and isn't that lovely but it feels very clear they are being quite delicate with their yes yes cast. Mm-hmm. and there's a way that could kind of undercut that threat level to your point i just yeah. don't kind of care uh the suspicion sure, of disbelief of is something i'm willing to give um and so uh, buying in purely on the narrative and largely what appears on screen i would say an eight yeah what would you give it for the god meter it's a 10 just yeah. utterly and absolutely no question i mean even even without that final scene 
I'm probably in the seven or eight range, but the final scene just, you know, throws the frisbee, catches it in midair. (laughs) You are a good boy. I know, man. It's if ever a scene fetched a 10, it would be that final, (laughs) that final scene. Um, So I honestly, I think I'm with you as well to the degree that like I, I, Largely through the movie, I think there are, as we've mentioned, there are surface metaphors that might kind of hit you over the head a little bit with it, but there is so much richness in those last 10 minutes. I mean, it, it just kind of can't be ignored. The The beauty craft-wise, visually, and thematically of what's happening in those last 10 minutes is just is just incredible. I... um We've already said it multiple times, and it's it's it, it, it's visualized. But that's one of the final statements. God, I should have written it down as the credits roll before the final studio logos. As the credits, it it literally it said all of the dogs who appeared in this film found homes. Like it's mm-hmm. it it says it very definitively. It's one of the last buttons, like before the studio production logos. Uh, it's just like, and I just. To end your narrative on a moment of rest and then in the real say all of these dogs found homes. Home I'm just found. like, my good Lord, what a beautiful and lovely thing. And for that reason alone, I would give um, White God a 10 on the God meter. So that means that we give the fog meter for White God a 9 out of 10. Um, and I think this kind of goes without saying. Um, would you recommend people see White God? Four paws way up. It is. <laughs> Tail wagging good. <laughs> oh man. Hear the dog whistle, the silent dog whistle across the, the the radio waves saying, Here boy, here girl, like come and watch this movie. Like this is this is absolutely just sit, sit, turn on. <laughs> <laughs> you will roll um, over with exuberance at watching this movie. And then you will lay down in love. Um so listen. Uh, all puns aside, I, I want to, again, and for the last time, deliberately encourage, I strongly recommend this film. If you are put off by the fact that you are an animal lover and you are not sure if you can take this film, the meta knowledge that were loved, loved in the making of this movie. Absolutely. And, um, and so, and there is a, a lot, uh, to, to, really cherish about the craft of this film and about the fact that this film exists. So, so do not be put off by the fact that you're an animal lover and you don't want to experience it. There's also, we haven't talked very much about it, but there's some beautiful shots. There's some mm-hmm. beautiful shots and there's some harrowing shots. There's uh, some unbelievable there's, shots. Just, I don't know how they accomplished some of the things that you see on screen in terms of just like, I know that you can train dogs, but that like that many dogs in that specific of a way. Wow. Um, it's, it's really incredible. So, um, so yeah, high recommendations for white God. Um, so yeah, that, that puts this conversation, Jackson, uh, thank you again for urging us all Jackson. Yeah. Urging us all this time to see this film. So next week, um, another recurring treat for you guys. Um, here's a, here's a treat for you. Uh, you you get it. You get, uh, you didn't laugh. And so I was like, Oh, he probably doesn't worry. So it's okay. Um, is, uh, we have now, (laughs) Fair, fair. Um, we have the queens are coming back into court, coming back into session. Uh, the quarterly queens next week are going to be cycling around with another film that was recommended during Fogaween. Um, and that is the, uh, I think, 
2019, maybe 2020, uh, within the last couple of years, the film Relic, um, a, a, a very harrowing and really quite affecting movie that I'm very excited to hear what uh, the Quarterly Queens have to offer for us. So Asia, Vera, and Jess will be back to discuss that next week. That is going to be happening, and then we will return the week after that to close down this series before our landmark episode 300 arrives in your feed. So tune in next week for the Quarterly Queens. As we say on every episode, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And in that spirit, we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. Um, Thank you again, Nathan. Much appreciated. Mm -hmm. Thank you, listeners. We'll see you next week. Wow, wow, wow. Yippee-o, yippee-a. See you guys. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media, essays, and episode archive merchandise and more. If you love what we do, please consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast. There you'll unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online event access, and so much more. We want to issue a special thanks to Jacob Hunt of TracerMatula.com for our artwork, also to our assortment of talented musicians, including Andrew Nelson, The Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes, and also to Lee Wright, who helped me, Reed Lackey, write our theme music. Special thanks also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, and if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. It'll break your heartworms. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, that was hysterical. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>